Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, number 49. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is George, the Bone King, speaking, and I'm joined by... Adrian, the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most... <laughs> I just realized, though, we're episode 49, so episode 69... Can it just be a five-second long episode, and we just say, nice, and then end it? <laughs> nice. And then just end it? Wow. Yeah. Just be one straight-up South Park reference, and that's just it? Nice. I mean, I'd be on board. I like that episode as much as anyone else. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Today's show is actually be really interesting. It's going to be a versus episode of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, this may shock a few people that there are people that don't like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And this may shock people that don't like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. There are people that like it. Really? I don't know. All I've ever heard about this movie is that people love it. I seem to be the only person that doesn't. I'm the only one out of my most of my friends that likes it. Okay. Most well, people <laughs> most people actually when I was telling them, "Hey, I'm going to be on a show defending it." They're like, what's wrong with you? It's shit. It's a shit movie. That's so weird because everyone that I talk about, and I, 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 I'm so can, confused. Can, Bone King, can I name drop somebody? I, I mean. Viani the- was like, is there a way I could call in just to rip this fucking movie to shred? <laughs> that's calling and in that's a witness. my best friend from North Carolina. I'm like, no, you get on Discord. And she's like. That's too much work. The movie sucks, and you're wrong. But, and I'm but, like, what the fuck? Yeah, the court <laughs> needs her opinion. Call her in as a witness immediately. Listen, the verses still works this way. We could call in witnesses. Hey, you know, I'm not against the idea. <laughs> On the stand. <laughs> anyway, before we get into our topic. Actually, I just oh. uh, want to say also, before the show, there were like legit four times Bone King and I almost got into a fist fight over this fucking movie. I didn't want to just say it. I wanted them to experience it live. Because, <laughs> no, we were, like, I'm, I, all right, I just, we have to do our recents and shit, man. We can't spend too long in the intro. Um. All right, let's do recents. You go first, brother. Okay, then I'll go first. Here we go. All right, so I'm going to start out with my uh, comics, because I really want to throw you out for a loop. Um. So guess what I started reading? What? Oh, my. Could it be that I was watching The Watchman? While reading? Yeah. So you were reading Watchmen. Wow, really? Yes, if that was the joke. Thank you. Yes, thank you for disassembling that for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I was, what I'm here for. I kept reading Watchmen. Thank uh, God. Shocker, it is well written. I mean, I, I, I'm basically You did find like, a typo. I, yeah, well, I found a couple, but that was the only one I sent you. But that's fine. Like, I'm the only asshole that's like, ah, I found yeah, something. Yeah, because human beings who are talking in dialogue Human beings. Human Breens. My name is Neil Breen. <laughs> Neil Human beings that talk <laughs> regularly don't have typos in the way they talk. Sure, sure. Just like, oh, and I'm the king of that shit where I say shit that doesn't make any sense. No, I, I get that. But what I mean, what I want to talk because about. Because the typo you sent me was of a person just talking. It was just a random passerby. Yeah, no, I, it was literally, I bet you anything, just a typing thing. Like when they typed it in, they just did a typo. It's not yeah. like the guy wrote it with the typo in there. Uh, like you don't, maybe. <laughs> Alan Moore's know. weird. I but don't know. are you liking it? I am liking it. In fact, I was live uh, messaging the dude different things that I was feeling as I was watching it and like watching it as I was reading it. Now you got me fucking doing this shit. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of interesting ideas that they're trying to put forth. I, I mean, Rorschach as a character is starting to get a lot deeper than I initially thought. But he's still a piece of he's shit. He's still a piece of shit. He's sort of like the, the epitome of having no faith in humanity. 
Mm-hmm. And like, but that like takes over your whole persona. I'm not going to say too much about it because, you know, what? I do have to finish it. And I we do intend on having a Watchmen special. It is worth doing that. Now, now here's a couple questions I want to ask you on air. Sure. Recorded. And in no way will you alter this in the editing. I sure won't alter this at all. <laughs> so now the Watchmen special that we're planning, that's just the comic? Or is it going to be the the Snyder movie, the probably, HBO series? Probably the comic and maybe the movie if it's very different. I need to rewatch the movie. I remember a lot of things in the book happening in the movie, but I remember a lot of things in the book not happening in the movie, too. So yeah. I don't know, like, what is there and what's not anymore. I need to actually rewatch it. Um, All right, I'm in yeah. on on anything Watchmen. I'm it, in. It's gonna be we're gonna do a special on the Watchmen comic first, and probably throw in the movie in there too because it'd be a nice comparison. But and just the show and is just later. to give you guys out there an idea, I actually went bought a book called The Philosophy of Watchmen. Oh wow! And I'm reading that. There's a lot of like metaphors within itself. There's so many stories inside. It of is Watchmen. metaphorical. Oh my god! Don't even <laughs> fucking start with that shit with Taser. Oh, oh! I feel the rage burning already. Okay, so moving on from my comics. Uh, yeah, I saw a movie. Mm, mm, mm. We both did. Yeah, we both did in preparation for this. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You're gonna hear plenty of that later. I don't need to get into. Do you that. have any other movies you watched? Um, no, actually, I. I I wanted to see another movie, but we never actually sat down and actually picked anything. So, yeah, no, it was just Guardians. And uh, Have you played anything? I have a, yes, and this is where I'm going to make up for things. In my games, I, I played a shit ton of Dead by Daylight, which honestly is not surprising at all. Yeah, and but, you got fucking wrecked. I'm sorry. What? You told me you got wrecked online? Yeah, wow. Just do the reveal for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the thing was, I, I want to talk about this on a future episode one day, if possible, where it's like, how do you deal with a losing streak? Because oh, that's a question of the week. That's a question of the week, right? Like, I feel like it's a really good one because I sat there going through eight games in a row losing as the killer, which I've never done before. I've always managed to pull at least one in there. We're like, oh, I get one and then, oh, it was an off night. But I, I got one full sweep. Nothing. I was just fucking up so bad. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck was is it, wrong with me? Do you feel it was you or was it the co- the players, the competitors? I don't, they might have been really good, but really it's it's me in the end. It's me having to rise up to their challenge in the first place. So I get that. So I went mm. online and was like, all right, what's what's a thing to do when you're going through a losing streak? So they're like, all right, um, go downstairs, eat something. Jack off was actually something I read very often there. Um, because that was the dude's first example, by the way. Yeah, when I'm stressed, like, so this is gonna date me. But in the after 11th- this, I'm not sure if anyone's gonna date you. Bam! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I close my eyes only for a moment. That was that was such that was utter, really good. Yeah, I don't even know where that I, came. From. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with the earlier hostility at all. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone. Yeah, no. So contentious doesn't even begin to describe it. But go ahead. So, like the first time I played Final Fantasy VII, and I get to the underwater Ultima machine. Ultima weapon, the green one. Oh, that emerald. Like, yeah, the one that one hit kills you. You don't have to fight him. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, because I'm like, <laughs> there's there's a reason why he's that hard. You don't have to fight him. I, 
I died a lot. Yeah. I died a lot. And I was really angry. I was also a young prepubescent. I was in puberty at the time. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> I hate this. Why can't I get my limit break? So I just was like, fuck this game and just went and jacked off for like two hours. Two hours of of rage, jacking. just just mad, just yeah. angry, jerking off. Like Your dick it, wasn't wasn't going to talk to you after that. Like <laughs> my dick, my dick filed a restraining order against me. Just like back well, off, man. I'd also like to just point out for the listener: this show is marked as explicit, so I'm allowed to say these things. It's not like we're saying anything outside. And of we're our, not sponsored. We're not. Yeah. So you know, fuck balls and all dick shits. But, I don't know. But yeah, jacking off is a stress reliever. It was and one when of you're the stressed options. out. From one of those things? It was one of the options. However, I'm just this was just one. Another one, and the one that showed up the most, how to deal with the losing streak is to take a break and come back to it the next day. You'll find you're in an entirely different headspace and you'll be able to tackle it. Guess what? No. I came right back to that fucking losing streak and I was like, motherfucker. And now, now it became an internal thing, like a, a, a mental game within myself. Now I had, to, I purposely was like, I can't play as my main. Because if I lose as my main, I'll have no faith in myself and I'll never play this game again. So it was just like, man, I, I eventually, I still haven't played Killer since. I'm going to get over that. But I was like, fuck it. Let me play a survivor this time. And I started getting better as survivor again. And maybe that'll lead me into getting better as killer. But like, fuck, man, that's a topic for an episode. For real. Just saying. Um, And then the other game, unless you have anything else to say about that. No, no, no. no. I'm going to save it for the question. Of the week okay, cool. Something. It's a good idea. Yeah, perfect idea. Um, It's the other game I played. Actually, I was just gifted this game yesterday. Uh, by a uh, Mr. The Czar, who has been on the show before for one of the Prototype Music podcasts. Uh, shout out as well. Please check out that episode. Um, but uh, yeah, he gave me Halo, the Master Chief Collection for PC. How is that? I heard it was horrible before, and I, that's why I didn't buy it. But playing it, they apparently patched a lot of things. Uh-huh. So it's better now. Okay, so it's a one, two, three reach or is it one two three so from what i understand like i hate the fact that i have to like answer your question with a whole explanation it's very strange but wow you have to explain your answer holy shit but look how deep this goes all right so it goes from instead of just having these games available to you they kind of sold it as a season pass what yeah so they had when when it came out it was just halo i believe reach and one and that was it and then later on, they added Halo 2 and 3. What about ODST, though? And ODST. Oh, nice. So it's it's that whole... Even though I don't even think Master Chief's in ODST. No, he's not. So why is he in the Master Chief? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because ODST is a really good Halo game. Sure. I played it for a little bit. I didn't hate it. But whatever. I mean, regardless of which... It's the Operation Raccoon City. No, Halo. it's not. <laughs> no, it is playable. No, it doesn't utterly destroy the can... I don't know. I'm not a Halo geek. I have no idea if this is... Destroys the cannon, it might. Who Halo knows? Halo just really doesn't have a cannon anymore, to be honest with you. I need to sit down with someone who actually knows the Halo lore, because apparently it's like the deepest shit ever. There's like 50 books. Yeah, like, but unfortunately, like Bungie left and 313 came in, and apparently everyone fucking hates 313. If yeah, somebody out there likes 313 Industries and what they've done with Halo... You're an outsider. <laughs> no, let us know. I want to hear about it because everyone in their mother fucking hates Halo 5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they made Master Chief a villain in that. Oh, I, I had no idea. 
Oh, well. I mean, when you, that stupid saying, you know, they, they're doing with Chris Redfield. You live long enough as the hero. Become the villain. See yourself yeah. become the villain. Yeah. I saw Dark Knight. Like, yeah. you know? We all remember the Batman movie yeah. from 12 years ago. Thank you for Chris. Uh, thank you for Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Thank you for. Thank you for. Christopher, thank you for. Great yeah. job, Bone. Great job. <laughs> nice typo there. <laughs> nice, nice uh, verbal typo. Good job. Anyway, um, about Halo, they they basically release as a season pass, but um, the and Zard... there's multiplayer online, right? Right, and you the cool thing is is that you can download the campaign and the multiplayer as separate games. Oh, that's great. So like, there's a, a so just booting menu. it up, you could just oh, I don't want to do you any... boot up into a hub, and then you basically choose what parts you want to download, and that's what becomes available to you. As of right now, I'm having fun with it because I love Halo Two. I think I'm the one weirdo that that prioritizes Halo Two over all of them. No, Halo Two is goat. Everyone loves Halo One that I talk to. No, you're talking to the wrong people. You're talking to entirely a different group than I am, apparently. Because no, the, you're talking to people that hate Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and I'm talking to people that like it. Like, what's happening? Inverse? Are you in Bizarro Land? Are you in Bizarro? I Land? wish Bizarro's cool as fuck. Anyway, I like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, regardless of which, um. What was something I want to say about it? Oh, yeah. So in Halo 2, while you're playing the game, you can press the tab button and it switches it to modern day graphics live while you're playing. Wow. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Like seeing the original graphics and then being like, boop, and then it gets upgraded and then going, boop, to go right back. And that's how Capcom (laughs) does their remasters. Well, no, because (laughs) I had to do that to their remasters through a mod. So get on that, Capcom. But um, no, they're on, I guess, ahead of the curve with that shit shit we're just you know filters and shit but it changes the the textures entirely it's pretty crazy anyway um those are all the games i played uh that was all the movies all the comics and i think that's everything so go ahead and hit me up okay so a movie i watched was palm springs okay uh it's on hulu hulu oh was that by the director that did the florida project i don't know but it stars uh oh my god i forgot his name that's a weird name to have Oh man, I just mentally blanked. He was the guy who did the song uh, "Like a Boss." He's part of Lonely Island. He a- was... Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. There you go, Mr. Cool Samberg. Yeah, yeah, that's how I remember his name, and, Mr. Samberg. So you said you chopped off your own dick and died. <laughs> and the and the lead yeah. the lead actress is Christina Milioni. I butchered that last name. But From Charmed? No, she's actually no. the mother in How I Met Your Mother in the last season. Oh, yeah. Did not see that one. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No. <laughs> I I like the sitcom. I just feel it lasted eight seasons too long. How I'll take you... what is the good place for 5,000. Oh, because that went you on You don't like long. the good place? It's, it's an example of a show that just should have ended with season one. Just why do you keep going? Just stop it there. Wow. Same thing with Emily. I know people that love that show. I like think, the show, too. No, 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 no. They would crucify you right now for saying that it didn't end the right way. It it went on for too long. Is what I didn't say it, no, it no, didn't no. end the they, right way. They, said, they love season two and three and all that. Two's okay, but when they start getting to three and four, it's like, what are these characters even doing anymore? And, but by the way, also Westworld. That's another one. But go ahead. Yeah, Westworld should have ended season one. Uh, so Palm Springs, uh, it's basically a take on Groundhog Day. Did you ever watch Groundhog Day with Where Bill Murray? Where the same day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same day over and over again. This time, instead of a groundhog doing it or whatever the fuck, because Groundhog Day never explains why Bill Murray. Ooh, no, 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 no. Um, 
Palm Springs has uh, like it's in the desert, so there's a cave. Mm-hmm. Anybody who enters the cave repeats the same day. Edge of Tomorrow style. I didn't see Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, you love it, but okay, yeah, all right, cool. Um, I've heard, and I actually didn't hate it. It's <laughs> a romantic comedy, but it's really interesting. I really like the way they handled it, and it's really good acting, really solid acting. Okay. The other movie I watched, obviously, was Guardians uh, for this versus. Oh, yeah. Uh, things I've been reading was DC Ceased. It's really weird to say, but it's a really interesting comic book. It's basically a DC Comics take on Marvel zombies. I was about to say, didn't they already do a zombies or was that only Marvel? That, that was one? only Marvel. And really? Marvel had done it like twice already. When, but but Black Lanterns, isn't that essentially zombie like character versions? Didn't they do a thing where everyone oh, yeah, was like Blackest a Black Lantern? Night. Yeah, they're dead, but they're uh, sentient. Even I fucking caught that shit. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. But this but one's cool. That's cool. But this one, the the zombies like don't really have like they don't have powers. Mm-hmm. Unlike Blackest Night, they which, don't have their superpowers still. Well. I don't they know don't how this isn't them. a yes or no question. <laughs> huh? I don't know how this isn't a yes or no answer. Like Because so far, what we've seen is just the heroes who've been infected and died mm-hmm. are just resorting to animalistic things. They're not using any powers. So they're just zombies. Basically, mindless. Black okay. lanterns are literally... They talk and they use their weapons and no, right, because like they're that. still them. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah the but Marvel they're dead. Ones, zombies, they still had their powers when they turned, right? Who? The Marvel zombies. They talked and they still had powers. Yeah, and they recognized that they were hungry and eating. Like when Peter mm. Parker became a zombie in Marvel Zombies, and he ate Aunt May. Great. He was eating Aunt May, and he's like crying that he's eating it, but he has to eat her. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're just so yummy. Yeah. Like, literally, and he did the know. same when he. Uh, no, he almost. Are these spoilers? Like, so, <laughs> so DC Ceased is a really interesting book. Uh, I really like it because it's uh, a take on Darkseid's anti-life equation, mm. which is something that he's been trying to go after for a long time. The first issue is an absolute banger. Where just all of a sudden Batman's fighting the entire infected Bat family. And it's fucking beautifully gory. I really enjoy it. Uh, I also read Shazam, which is an updated take on Jeff Johns' 2013 book. When Mm. New 52 came around, they did Shazam again. But this time it's very much the movie. It's very much after the movie. And I really like it. I thought it was cute. It's a nice little palate cleanser after DCCs. I mentioned earlier, I'm reading <laughs> cleanser. Uh, Philosophy of Watchmen. I need a brain cleanser after watching Guardians. Cool. <laughs> uh, Philosophy of Watchmen is really interesting because they're just breaking down like the morality of it. And it's really... Uh, it's really testing my little intelligence that I have. I, I, I want to actually talk about that because i i started breaking down dr manhattan's philosophy a bit that's the first chapter of philosophy oh of wow okay well dr manhattan i find his to be the most interesting because he he seems to have this implication that like 
time as time is a man-made thing. Like we, as as we know time, mm-hmm. it's man-made. It's only we're keeping track of what we believe time to be. Like time right. is different in different areas. You know, it can move faster or slower. It's time is relative. That's the whole idea. But I'm he, a puppet. I just I'm, I'm a puppet that can see the strengths. Right. But his whole thing is he's like, if the laws of nature are just a man-made thing from something that isn't man-made. That there is some sort of, like... Like, all the laws of nature are just a way for some other entity to keep track of something. And I was like, and maybe I'm not getting the full metaphor yet. I'm like, I'm getting parts of it here, and I'm just kind of like, what is he implying here? That, like... Mm. That there, I mean, it kind of gives the idea of what religion would imply that there is sort of like an otherworldly kind of uh, conscious that brings all this for a reason. This is all for a reason, which I find to be very interesting from a character who's a man of science who literally can see the molecules of everything, like debating philosophical things on faith in a way. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I'll be <laughs> honest, man. It's been a long time since I've read it. I don't remember that passage. What I do remember... It's, it's when he's on the uh, on Mars, when he's looking at the photo. Oh, yeah. What I do remember is him being asked mm-hmm. in an interview, uh, do you believe that you are, in fact, a god because you could see past, present, and future mm-hmm. at the same time? And Dr. Manhattan says, I can only see my past, my present, my future. And I don't think there is a god. If there is, I'm nothing like him. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember, and right. for me, that makes him an atheist. I but but the which is funny because he's a uh, god, right? <laughs> but he's an atheist. But then when he goes to Mars, he starts questioning the laws of the universe that led him to be able to do this in the first right. place. So it's it's an atheist's thoughts on religion in a way, and it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Tune in next time for the Watchmen special. It's better than what's his face, um, Frank. Uh, he's a comic book guy and he writes all these Frank kind of Miller. like Frank Miller where he writes all, writes all these like edgy brooding things that are trying to sound really smart what are you retarded aren't. I'm the goddamn Batman exactly like you're trying to sound smart but you're most obviously not whereas at least I feel like in this it's it's eloquent enough I don't know why but DC has this really bad habit of pissing me off after <laughs> ben, after Bendis after Bendis got off Superman guess who they put on Superman Frank fucking Miller. Oh, God. The last man that needs to be on fucking Superman is Frank fucking Miller. I'd rather Jesus. have Bendis again. Anyway. Oh, wow. Um, that's a big statement, but okay. So Anything else? No, that's what I've read. Now what I've played, mm-hmm. I played Hunt Showdown, and I also had a horrendous losing streak Oh, my on God. I one. wasn't alone. Holy shit. Uh, yo, I lost a lot. <laughs> I, a lot of in-game currency characters I, I didn't even get mad at some points like there were points where i was just like of course i would mm-hmm. of course you know what yeah of course this yeah i believe i screamed in what world a few times <laughs> <laughs> but there was a point in time where i just said i can't mm-hmm. uh, i'm done and i and i just turned it off i, and I have a question I've, though what time was that when you did that Oh, that was like two days ago. No, no. Uh, what time did you say I'm calling it quits that day? Like 11.30? Okay. Mine, three in the morning. God damn. I, I should have quit way sooner. Holy shit. <laughs> and uh, I sent you a message, and I'm, and I'm going to tweet it after this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout 76 is my Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's not a fair comparison. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on. Hold on. I'm not talking. What? Hold on. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. F- fl- flames? On the side of my there face? There are no flames. They have yet to be sparked. What are you even? We okay. haven't gotten to Guardians yet. No. <laughs> so, what is Animal Crossing at its crutch? Cr- <laughs> that is such a loaded question. I can't even begin. Okay, okay, okay. It. But you're doing, you're building what things, right? What is Animal Crossing at its, at its biggest flaw? It's like, what the fuck? No, what you say, what is Animal Crossing at its basis, basic theme? Or at, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Building, yes. You're building, and right. you're building up currency, and you're sort building of. your character. Right. The only difference is... You're building your village, but yeah, yeah, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, you're building yeah. your villager, you're building it's your village. It's not so much you, it's, yeah, yeah, but I hear you, I hear you. Right, right, it takes a village. <laughs> okay. So, 76 for me... But but I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase. What I get from most Animal Crossing players is, oh, I play Animal Crossing and I just tune it out, and it's something to relax and play and not think too hard about, right? That's what I get from people that play Animal Crossing. Okay. It's something to relax and enjoy. That's what 76 is for me, where I could just easily tune out. Yes, I'm killing, but I'm also building shit. And I'm just like, oh, but, this looks here. And I'm building currency because I want my caps. Instead of bells, it's caps. One game has, uh, like, a severely broken economy and a million frustrating bugs. And the other one is just probably one of the most solid experiences because it's a Nintendo game. I have not experienced really bad bugs lately. They've patched the game to high uh, But heaven. even, even okay, sure, right now they could patch everything. Maybe right now it's the Animal Crossing 2. But, like, as many people have seen online, 76 had a very rough start. Yes, but it's, it's, it's two it's, years later. Sure, sure. It's been two years since the game came out, and I'm playing in a private server that I enjoy, and I get to do whatever I want. Sure, and, 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 that, and not on that token... Absolutely. That's fine. I'm not I'm not trying to take away from you that it's your relaxation game. But yeah. at the same time, that's not going to make me think any more positively about a game that had that horrendous I am of not. support, launch, no, no, no. a lot of things. Notice <laughs> what I said. Fallout 76 is my Animal Crossing. Uh, that's just, what that I phrase. said. Maybe maybe uh name hmm. another game where you do repetitious tedious tasks. Repetitious Indeed, repetitious tasks. Well, Dead by Daylight is hey, repetitious. Hey, you can have a typo. I want one too. I know, and I'm rolling with it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to un- not normalize it. I am normal. How many it. times do we do repetitive, tedious tasks over and over again in Animal Crossing? How many times do you do it? I mean, and you just said Dead by Daylight's re- no, repetitive. But, yes, but it but changes. it's a multiplayer game. But Animal Crossing is designed to update daily. Daily. Yeah. So does 76. Things refresh with new objects and Yeah, 76. Okay. Yeah, I see the thing is I can't contest you because I haven't played it as it is now. So I my mental image is just the broken mess it was what, for a long time. What does Animal Crossing get? Does it get cosmetics? There's a lot. See, the thing about it, I think the thing you're not understanding about Animal Crossing is that there are many different things for many different people. There are some people that play for just the, you know, watering flowers. There are people that play for the stock market. There are people that play for the costumes. Like, there are a million different ways to play Animal Crossing, whereas I feel like Fallout 76 has one definite way to play it, but it is, it's still expansive. It's an MMO, I suppose, but there is still the one kind of 
gameplay method. Unless they let people be stores, like, actually, yeah. instead of, like... Yeah, you, you set up your camp as a vendor spot. Because in the beginning, it was, like, people were just doing it because, like, they were going outside of the system to be fucking merchants and no, shit. No, no, no. They've allowed you to be not only merchants of just anything. Anything you pick up in the world, even rare objects, you're selling for caps. Uh, people have become <sighs> traders. There's actually a dude that set up a, his own shopping mall. Okay. I mean... That's that's cool, but at the same time, I treat this the same way I look at uh, For Honor. Like, I loved playing For Honor when I played it, but I had a horrible launch, and it didn't have anything on its own. I remember I was so fucking hyped for For Honor, and then I played that fucking horrendous beta, which came out a week before. If your beta <laughs> is a fucking week before launch, it's not a beta. Well, I mean, it's Ubisoft. a demo. Like, it's it, a demo. They didn't give them a lot of time to fucking fix anything if there were issues. But regardless, on to the news. <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say here is that I can't call it a good game. I could say it I will never. A good I game. will never, ever, ever fucking say 76 is a good game. All right. Then that's fair. All right. So I'm I gonna- just said that is my Animal Crossing. I, and I can't we've had arguments over Animal Crossing because you're like, hey, man. I think you'd be good in Animal Crossing, or I think you'd enjoy Animal Crossing. Let I just me rephrase. wanted you to play with me. Right. You just <laughs> want people to play with you so we could give you bells for your bones and shit. It's actually the opposite. I have an overabundance of shit, and I want to give it to people so I feel some sort of, like, I don't know, endorphin release from giving gifts. That's literally it. Uh, but the news. The news. But the news. We so, actually don't have a lot of news. I have, like... So when this comes out, Ghost of Shizima should be out. I'm planning on buying it, just not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to buy it for uh, Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sony, who's anticipating a lot of movement for their PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. They were originally going to just make $5 million. Now they upped the total to ten, 9 to $10 million to make because... They're anticipating because of COVID, people are going to go into games harder. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but this is how you fuck up your company by like doing literally double. Like now my expectation is double. It's not like, oh, we're surprised. Why your expectation be double? Because now you just said they're, they're expecting their sales to be double now. Yeah, well, yeah, they're expecting a huge demand. Right. But they, now they're not like Nintendo that intentionally shortcuts their demand to increase their supply to increase their sure. demand. Sure. I guess what I mean to say is they run the risk of possibly oversupplying. That's it. And well, maybe COVID, that's a good explanation. Hey, sure. If that but- happens couple hundred bucks off a of PlayStation 5. Oh, my God. That'd be incredible. Fucking uh, liquidation sale at the Sony.com. <laughs> Hit us up, Sony. PlayStation Store liquidation sale. Everything must go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but that's I think that's it for the I, news. I have one oh. bit of news. Henry Cavill built a computer. Done. Actually, I forgot. But Ubisoft's doing a streaming thing. Cool. And they, wait, like, uh, a, wait, hold on. Do you mean like a award show streaming thing or a like Stadia streaming thing? Stadia. <laughs> okay, one more With to ignore. With play. Oh, one more for me to ignore. Yay. And they announced a new Far Cry. But real talk. Uh, okay, Far Cry is interesting. But real talk, I guess I don't have any Ubisoft game I'm even interested in. I guess Far Cry for me, but that's about it. Oh, and Ghost Recon. I Ubisoft kind of lost me the same way Warner Brothers lost me, Konami lost me. I there's a lot of companies that just stop putting out games that I'm interested in anymore. And that's just it. I mean, I like Mortal Kombat, 
I guess that's something. Nether Realm is the only thing keeping me with Warner Brothers. Uh, so you said Henry Cavill what? Henry Cavill built a computer. Uh, there's really not a lot to the news. People are just freaking out because it's a big dude making a computer. And that's it. It's a big dude who's a huge fucking nerd. Good. Good. Maybe he's building that computer so he can play The Witcher on it. He's played The Witcher. Maybe Mods. <laughs> sure. But... You do know what happened to his uh, when he almost missed a chance to become Superman, right? No. He was doing a World of Warcraft raid while they called him. Wow. And he missed the call and he had to call back. That's fantastic. It was actually Zack Snyder himself that called him. Yeah, he wouldn't shave his mustache for Justice League. So do you want to know the story about that? Not now I don't. <laughs> All right. Really quick. It was contractually obligated by Paramount Pictures. That, that then they couldn't get a fake mustache. No, Paramount specifically said he cannot get a fake. That mustache. had to be to fuck over, like Warner. DC. Yes. Okay. Th th that seems so intentional. Yes. Okay. I, I, as long as everyone, just it was sees contractually it. obligated that he could not shave his mustache. That is redonkulous. Like it cost fifty million dollars to CG his fucking mustache. Warner off. offered to give them like whatever money, and Paramount said no. Damn. That, this is actually addictive. 100% legit. It wasn't Cavill at all. It was Paramount versus Warner Brothers. Okay. And Paramount won. Son of a bitch. Well, that's what the studios do, right? They love to fuck with each other. Even themselves half the time in video game companies are to be fucking believed. So we're going to cue the Law and Order Sting because we're going into uh, uh, the versus now, right? Oh, okay. So what you're saying is it's about time for the trial of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Hello everyone, this is the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most, Adrian Mikewes, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks Podcast, hosted by the Fan Freaks Facebook group, the home to all freaks and all fandoms alike. Join us at F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks Facebook group. Be there, be square. All rise for the case of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Will the defendant and the prosecutor please... State your names. Adrian Mike was. Uh, Bone King. <laughs> Do I say the whole thing? I don't. <laughs> Josh, I actually went with my real name. I know. I was like, it, why did you? <laughs> dude, it fell official. You didn't even say what your title was. You just were like, hi, I'm Adrian. <laughs> like, well, the prosecutor and the defendant state their names. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adrian. <laughs> I don't know. I, Here, let I me show you how it is. Prosecutor Bone King standing up to the stand, standing up to this bullshit. <laughs> Taken out, exempt uh, of court. De Damn. Defendant Adrian? Nice, nice. Adrian the dude. Do you just want to re-record this intro? <laughs> dude, I got so nervous. You made it so real. <laughs> anyway, welcome to our uh, versus case. Um, welcome to our versus on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. This is the the case of this movie. Yeah, this uh, this? Uh, this is our second time doing this. We had a lot of fun with Silent Hill Four. Oh, okay. I was about to say this is our second time doing a versus. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So um, should we explain what a versus is? Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. So in a versus, what we do is we go ahead and take a topic that we're both very divisive on, and one that we we feel very strongly on, and go ahead and discuss it in kind of like a courtroom fashion. Yeah. 
So if you want to use my criminal justice degree for once. Right, right. As you you like to flex every single time we do this. Yes, indeed. Every single of two times. That well, you know, we <laughs> practice. I don't know. We we didn't practice at all. Hey, I've yelled at you plenty. Don't even start. I mean, yes, you, you've accosted me. <laughs> I've accosted you. I'll sue you right now. Don't even start. Um, but no, yeah. So was is there anything else about verses we should mention? Um, maybe these the are, of course are our opinions, but you are the judge. You're supposed Ooh, yes. to let us know whose opinion you side with. This right. is basically a friendly debate. A friendly debate between two friends who are discussing something and you have to decide whose side you're on and whose point you agree with the most. You if, are the judge who gives the verdict. If Bone King here convinces you, you know what? Guardians was shit. Let him know on Bone King TV at Twitter. Well, actually, I'll be doing on the Fan Freaks Twitter because Fan Freaks has a Twitter now. Yes. Uh, on the Fan Freaks Twitter, I'll be doing a poll and it'll be my side, your side, and you guys can vote there. So you don't even have to write anything. You just tick away. Boom. Yeah, there you go. You don't even have to show who you were so I can find out and get your IP address <laughs> and tell you, listen, man, Guardians was good. You don't have to leave your name and address, but you know, it does help. <laughs> Just makes it faster. Just make It helps us come to an agreement uh, quicker. But, but uh, yeah, you're the judge. All right. All right. So you ready? Okay. So this is the structure I feel, of the show. I feel pro uh, prosecutors should go first. Okay. Well, here's the structure of the show really quick. We got our opening statements, and then it goes into cross-examination, and then the closing statements. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and... Really? I, I guess the, the prosecutor goes first. Is that what happens? Or, does, or do you like want a, me to go first? But how does it work in the court system? Does the prosecutor go first? There isn't the really a... It could be either? It could be either. Okay. All right. So I'll go first. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, a lot of people may be asking, like, well, I, I, does this depend on whether or not you liked Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Like, did was this something that factors into your opinion? And the answer is no, actually. I happen to really enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. It felt like the right blend of the things it was going for. As we were getting to know Quill, not Quinn, Quill? Quill. Quill. As we're getting to know Quill as a character, we got to see his personality come through to the forefront because the movie was ultimately about him uniting the group together and then them becoming the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I move on to volume two where it is about Quill and, and uh, a lot of familial things that happened to him, which, by the way, holy shit, should we say spoilers? Oh, yeah. Uh, this realized. is obviously going to have spoilers. Yes, massive spoilers. So if you don't want to hear... Uh, wow. For those of you who hit pu puberty, uh, for those of you um, who don't want to hear spoilers, you may want to bail out on this. Just You'll know from the get-go, I didn't and like come it, back he did. To it. Yes, my verdict is I didn't like it. He, he's is that he did. There you go. Spoiler-free review. All right, now you can leave. Okay. <laughs> So moving forward, I felt like this movie was trying so hard to pander to its audience in so many different ways, whether it was with Groot, whether it was with the 80s references, whether it was with uh, the CG. Like, I get it. There's a lot of good ideas here, but they just love to push it to the forefront to the point where it's annoying. And that's going to be a common thing you hear about me talking about this is that it, it comes off as frustrating and annoying. This is my opinions of the Guardian of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, because like... The whole time I'm watching it, I'm trying to just, like, lose my, my you know, I'm trying to get a sense of, of immersion. I'm trying to, what's a sense of disbelief? What's it called? 
Suspension of disbelief. Oh, that's what it was. I'm trying to get on my, you know, suspension of disbelief, trying to roll with the characters because they are entertaining. They are charismatic. But there's just so many weird editing decisions that I just don't understand. Like, there are so many times where there'll be a scene where it's like when when Quill and the gang meet his dad and they get to his home planet, Ego, when they get to Ego's planet and they're explaining everything. And it's like, oh, this is how I did it. This is me projecting myself onto every single planet. And that's how we come here today. And then Quill goes, but you said you loved my mom. Like, and then he makes a pain face like he's going to say something. And the scene cuts. And then we cut to Rocket all the way across the fucking universe doing something else. Which, granted, I think right after that is the the, the forest scene where he sets the traps. That's like one of the part. There's a couple scenes that I'll mention that I really did like. That's one of them. Very well put together scene. It has good parts. But literally, we cut in the middle of probably the most important part of that scene. His dad actually giving a response. And then when we return to it, it's him and his dad in some garden somewhere without the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's this kind of inconsistency where like, I get it. I'm. You could say it's nitpicking. But at the same time, it, it still pulls you out of the movie where there's a lot of situations like this where it'll be like, well, we might as well just cut the scene there. Um, I'm trying to, there's, there's one in particular that I wanted to bring up. Um, another example of them cutting like in the middle of a scene is when Nebula and Gamora are like literally, they're fighting and they finally are fighting in the cave. And by the way, her driving into a cave instead of just parking outside of it and firing into the cave is a very dumb idea, but Nebula just still decides to just charge forward force into this fucking cave trying to run over someone in this cave and they are fist fighting and it's a great scene it's a great scene and then literally it's like there's a, a, a line where it's like well you just wanted to win and all i wanted was a sister and then gamora literally looks at her and has a pained expression and is like cutscene like literally the most important part of every scene gets cut right before the actual revelation or the the resolution of the scene is. You know what I mean? And and that kind of stuff I'm just like, "Why? Why would you do that?" So I, I, like I'm trying to cuz I just realized this is my my statement because you have to cross-examine everything I say so I'm getting all my points out now and I can't even go through all of my points but you already know about that so I'm not going to get too much on the editing but that's an editing thing part of the editing actually is the music the music is like I get it Quill listens to 80s music that's part of his character and it should be part of the film Absolutely. The stuff where where Ego is le- reciting lyrics back to him and stuff, that's relevant to the plot. A little ham-fisted because he literally recites lyrics twice. But regardless, there are so many times where it's like they they use a song just because it sounds good. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like and, and like for example, when they use Fleetwood Mac's The Chain, I don't understand the usage there. The point of that song is like um loss of faith in in relationships maybe not it doesn't have to be a romantic one it doesn't have to be a specific representation of the song but the idea of the song is like we're supposed to stick together and we're never going to break that but you know what like this is what we have to do that's break the chain but the way they use it is just all right we're going to split up you stay here and fix the ship and i'm going to go to ego's planet and then it's like and if you don't love me now and i'm like why? What's the big dramatic tone here? They're splitting up for a second? Like, I get it. They end up splitting for the movie, but they don't know that. It just feels very weird. Um, 
all the 80s references, I already said it. Heather Locklear, Cheers, Pac-Man, like, David Hasselhoff shows up at the most randomest time. Like, I get it, the 80s references do make sense with his character, but they become literally all that Peter is. Like, he has no other character trait outside of being impatient and saying, why are you trying to take this away from me, Gamora? When all she said was, there's something fishy about this. He jumps the gun immediately, and literally he's nothing but over, like, emotional nonsense, which Gamora's totally normal and completely understandable to have these reactions, and, and, and 80s references. That's all Quill is. And it just feels really out of tone when the main character is being told that his mom had cancer placed in her brain from this person who says that he's his dad, who is his dad, I guess. It's a big dramatic scene. And after shooting him to death, what it, what happens immediately afterward? He turns around and he's David Hasselhoff for two seconds. I feel like that scene would have been way better when either a, when they're fighting in the core, when he's trying to appeal to Peter again, to Quill again, and it doesn't work, and that would make sense, or even before that, when he's trying to say, like, I'm taking the form best for you, but not after the big reveal of the tumor. It just feels very tone-deaf to have a comedic moment right after cancer. Like, that, that just felt strange to me. And, like, you know, there's a lot of other things that I can mention. Like, I have a whole list here, and I'm not going to mention all of this crap. They'll say the stuff that I did like, though. Drax and Mantis, excellent. Every scene with those two, where they, the whole, you're hideous, you're ugly thing, fantastic. Probably the best writing in the whole movie, in my opinion. Oh, also, a good example of them using the movie, because I said it was a bad example, the Fleetwood Mac one. A good example is when the gold ships come down, and the, the um, I don't know the name of the song, where it's like, Plim, Plim, Flying it down on the sky. It's a slim slam, a slam something it's that works because they used it to represent the introduction of the gold ships it had a thematic purpose it didn't just feel like it was there for funsies mm -hmm. they reincorporated it again when they go into the core and see them and it comes up it works but there are so many decisions in this movie that i just don't understand whether it comes to music to editing to references to choosing to to focus so much on baby Groot just being cute that the joke is just worn thin. The entire opening sequence, I, th I was thinking as it was going to happen. I know I'm going a little long. I'm doing my best to wrap this up. Um, in the opening sequence where it's just Groot dancing in front of the camera as the fight happens off screen. I thought when I first saw that Groot is going to be dancing in the middle of the fight. So that way it's still visually interesting. We still get to see the cute thing dance, but we get to see a badass fight. But no, instead, the camera is all the way to the side, the background is blurred out, and I get the joke, like, oh, things are happening around him, and that's the comedy. But all it is is just a dancing CGI thing. It looks like every other fucking shitty DreamWorks trailer, where, like, they have no plot, so they just plop on a dancing gif of an anima uh, animatic creature or whatever the fuck, just to dance for 20 minutes. And it's so weird, because there's a fight scene happening right off screen! Just tilt the camera, and I get that's the joke joke but it, it it's not a joke anymore when it's like the joke was just that he's cute and then they keep doing this over and over again where they just keep hammering this joke in for more than necessary like a family guy sketch that whole button thing at the end group don't press the button Groot, no that's not the button you have to press the right button Groot, no Groot, that's not oh my god get on with it and then as if that wasn't enough hold on let me see if i could find some tape does anyone have any tape? Oh, I don't know. Does it? 
we're really going to keep doing this joke. We're going to keep going for more than 25 minutes on this fucking joke. Like, that's the thing. The joke in and of itself is not bad. It's the fact that they keep doing it. Taserface was funny the first time he said it. Maybe second. But the more times they kept doing it, well, no, it's it's metaphorical. And they, they keep explaining the joke to the point where it's not funny anymore. There's something called the rule of threes. Okay? And they go far beyond the rule of threes. Even when Yondu is asking for, for Groot to give him back his headpiece, and he's like, oh, okay, it looks like this. And he keeps giving him the other things. Uh, underwear, a toe, an eye, a desk. These are way more than three things. And it just keeps going. And it's like, I get the joke, but move the fuck on. So, in conclusion... This movie has a lot of great ideas, but the plot being so Saturday morning cartoonish where it's literally, literally that Teen Titans episode where Blackfire comes in. Do you remember that episode? No. Okay. In Teen, I didn't Titans, watch Teen Titans. It was actually pretty good. I liked it. Um, anyway, in Teen Titans, Starfire lives with the Teen Titans. Out of nowhere, her sister Blackfire shows up and it's literally just her, but with black hair, essentially. Right. And all of her friends end up liking her a lot and she feels put to the wayside, much like Gamora did when Quill started pushing her away. So she she starts being suspicious of the planet because obviously something wrong. He's acting this way. Let me do investigations. And this is where it leads to. Starfire does the same thing. She goes and starts investigating Blackfire and starts seeing there's something wrong with her. But her friends don't believe her the same way Quill does. Except it's stupider here because at least it was the group mentality of the other Teen Titans not believing her. And not just Quill deciding for everybody that they're all just out to get him. Like, it's so badly written it's not like i'm bringing up like oh well you know what rocket raccoon's suit wouldn't help him survive in space because everyone knows zero g i'm talking about shit within the narrative i'm not trying to like dissect details of clothing and shit i'm talking about the way the story is written and presented and it's just very sloppy in my opinion but that's that's literally a highlight of all the things i have to say is about that movie thank you the the prosecutor the defense no the offense the offense but would you say the prosecutor you're the prosecutor okay the prosecutor rests your honor ladies and gentlemen of the jury my my esteemed colleague here has given you a lot of his reasons. My nitpicking colleague. <laughs> All of his uh, points are inherently subjective. Inherently subjective. I don't... Okay. You're not supposed to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You, well, you did say some stuff. I was helping you. You <laughs> asked me for questions. No, and I, no, no, no. What did I say? Move on, please. All right. Now, we have seen a deluge of 80s references. Um, I would like to say that I enjoy some of them. Most of the references hit, or honestly, most of them hit. I want to say 85% of them hit. The case here is that Guardians 2, is it a good movie? I think it is. 
That is the point of my opening statement right now is that I think it is. Bone King here has ripped to shreds its editing, its writing, its character decisions, its CG. You didn't knock the CGI too much. I, I would even go as far as to say the CG was actually pretty good, just though misguided a bit. Everything looks great except for Eagle's Planet. Thank you for answering. I think at the end of the day, I had issues with your point on the writing. I think most of the character decisions were pretty good. I liked, we both agree on Drax and Mantis. I will say that. I think Quill from the very beginning, particularly in Guardians 1, and as you pointed out at the end of your statement, Avengers, Hmm. he's always an impetuous child. He's always very emotional. It's kind of why Infinity War happened, like the ending. I can't even say I like it there, but yeah. But that's him. That's his character. Even then, it felt so fucking forced in Avengers. Okay, but when you say feels forced, does it not make sense seeing Guardians 1, Guardians 2, and then Avengers Infinity War to see that this character would, knowing the decisions he's made before would make an imp- I, right i never said that it didn't make sense i said that it was lame there's a very that's subjective yes i'll agree to that that's subjective me saying that that's lame of course that is subjective but i'm still trying to say you, you made this character to be such a fucking like you had him evolve in the first one and then he regresses in two and then just regresses further in avengers i just don't understand what they were doing with i don't Star think Lords. he ever progress in the first one he he did because he found the unity in his friends that helped him mature that was uh but this is volume one <laughs> i also am going to state that it is not in any way shape or form the one of the best comic book movies of all time i mm. think it's fine for the most part i think it's rather enjoyable i there were times i laughed i did enjoy Baby Groot. I love the opening scene. I actually really enjoy the opening scene. And I'm one of the people that really criticized uh, 2014 Godzilla for having the same thing. The difference was in 2014 Godzilla, when the kid changed the channel from the fight with, between one of the, the cockroaches and Godzilla in the airport, it wasn't for a, a comedic bit. It was a promised fight that completely changed. Here, you do see some of the fight, and you even get the finale of the fight at the end of the scene. Right. And for me, I I rather enjoyed it. Yes, uh, I'd argue that the shit where Groot, baby Groot, was getting the stuff, it broke the rule of three. Mm. There's something- several broken rule of th- rules of three. But there this. are well well made rules of three the it's not ripe joke yeah no no yeah i will because gamora tells her the first time drax tells her the second and then the third time she takes a bite and doesn't no that is correct Uh, yes that is a successful use of threes yes right and while i don't remember and granted i saw it today but i don't remember other instances of broken rules of three other than the Groot shit. But I gave two just now. Both of them were Groot related. Groot does it all the time. Listen, every movie has a flaw. 
even the greatest of the greats like Godfather and Citizen Kane have their flaws. And this movie by no way, shape or form is in even the same ballpark as those classic cinema films. This is cape shit through and through, but I think it's an enjoyable, I don't want to say family friendly. Cause some of the jokes are like, I wouldn't want a fucking no, seven year old to watch this shit in this too. What I'm trying to say, this movie is not without its flaws. I just think it's an above average film. Would I see it again if it's on? Yeah. But I'm not going out of my way to do a yearly rewatch of the Guardians films. No. Well, some people might. No, I know people that actually watch the Marvel movies every year as like some type of ritual. I don't Mm. do that. I, I don't care for these movies in that way. I did see this in theaters. I did remember saying the first one's better. I watched it today and I own this film and I own the first one. The first one is better mm. in my opinion. In our opinion, even. Yes. Cause I agree with you. Yes. But it's for, I feel, uh, for a very similar reason to why most people like Deadpool one over two, it did so many things different. That it had something that you can't put the genie back in the bottle, as they say. And two was trying to put the genie back in the bottle to unbreak the bottle again. Does that make sense? Like it was trying Mm. to, hey, listen, this is wild and crazy and inventive. And then we go at it again. So in conclusion, it's a solid B tier, C tier movie. Referencing Talking Tears. Oh, my God. Uh, Are we going to have a Talking Tears of Marvel movies? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah. Um, It's a solid C-tier, B-tier movie. Uh, I think the acting's great. I enjoy the references. I actually did enjoy some of the writing. Some of the lines are really good, I feel. And fuck, dude. Michael Rooker as Yondu. I literally fucking cried at the ending. I cried at the ending. To be fair, Bone King has seen me. I can be a sensitive bitch more often than not. And I think it's great to cry. I I don't know if you're supposed to say it's great to cry where it's like acceptable to cry. Yeah, because we watched (laughs) Death of Superman together. Cry all the time for fun. And I (laughs) cried and he saw me and he's like, I can't believe you're actually crying. Well, the thing is, if it was like a new thing, then yeah, but he's seen it like several times already. So I was like, all right. It always gets me. Didn't expect it. That's all. It always gets me. I mean, Mary's letter at the end of Silent Hill 2 gets me every time. The one line gets me every time. James, you made me happy. Every time gets me water ride. It's water ride. really well delivered. Yes. In fact, I don't know if you read the trivia on that. When she recorded that line, the entire studio was crying. Damn. Yeah. Monica Taylor that. Horgan made people cry. Um, is so that the end of your opening statement? That is the end of my opening <laughs> cross-examination. Yeah, I know. We kind of bled into cross. But um, that's good. That's good because we're just getting the court moving faster. All right. Here's my rebuttal. Um, fuck you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, uh, well, I can, I'm starting to think about my argument in the sense that, like, 
my opinion on how many 80s references there are, how misusing the songs are and stuff like that, that's subjective. I'll probably I'll agree with that because that's my interpretation of how the songs are used. However, the editing techniques of cutting midway in a scene and shit like that, some of the weird plot things like the mom knew that he was from outer space and he actually just told her that he was going to like cover the whole planet with his plan. And she was like, Oh, Mr. Spaceman, I don't know what you're saying, but you're so hot. And it's like, all right. So he just pretty much like admitted to starting a whole, you know, world takeover. Yes. He was very effusive with his words. She was completely under his spell at that point. But was it an actual spell? She was completely 100% human. We don't know his abilities. We're only to assume that she's blindly in love with him. But this is the thing. It was and never he's also, he also has shown no ill will. So she's not going to think negative things. She's only going to think, oh, this is like beautiful stuff. She even no- recognizes that the root is beautiful. Right. Which I call that dumb because like, I get it. You're in love with the man. Like you could be madly in love but he's legit telling you these plants will be all over the place soon. And I get it. I get it. How it's is that nefarious? He, At face value, how is that nefarious? Because she knows he's from outer space. But she doesn't think that's bad. Okay. If it was literally just two couples together, just or a couple together, two people, and he said that, right, that wouldn't be suspicious at all. But she knows he's from space. So if someone from space is telling you that their creepy plant is going to be everywhere, you'd have to have at least two fucking brain cells to go, hmm, what are these plants? But it never crossed your mind. We don't know how far along the brain tumor was. Also, oh, wow, really? Also, <laughs> she saw the plant, didn't tell anyone. No, why would she? Nobody believed but her. She told, Nobody but she believed told her. people that he was from space, so why wouldn't she tell people, hey, evidence, plant. But nobody was following her to begin with. Not even everybody her son? Thought, everybody thought she was delusional, including her son. He mentions that in Guardians 1. Sure, but if you have actual evidence, it was never stated that she actually even tried this. It was just like, oh, forget about this flower Put that's still there. Put yourself in their shoes. And when it comes back, hold on. And when it comes back, when we go to the future, like the present day, and that plant is still there next to the Dairy Queen, like nobody saw that for 36 years? I don't know, man. I don't see many Dairy Queens. I, but do you see what I'm saying here? It's not, like, maybe it's not a plot hole, but it's just not very well explained. And it just feels like, who was his mom outside of just a mom, I guess, you know? That's really all she is. That's all she's supposed to be. <laughs> and, then, and then just other things, like like, decisions to be like... Yes, I have a penis and a digestive system. This is Ego talking to Drax. Drax. And he's like, ha, yes. And he goes, yes. And I have all the other downsides of having a digestive system because I wanted to experience what it was like for being a human. Didn't you already do that? Didn't you live an entire like romance with uh, Quill's mom and several other aliens that were also mortal because you had to impregnate all of them? So you've been living with a digestive system for a long time. Why do you still have it on your uber ultramensch power planet? I guess it's one of the downfalls of having that avatar. Or he's lying, I guess. Or it's a joke. But why? It's it's never why stated. What? It's never like 
when you do something like that in a movie, you have to eventually let the audience oh, in on the joke. How about this? It's to make him appear more personable. Okay, sure. That would work if it actually came up later or actually mattered anywhere. It just feels it like doesn't it's a random matter, inclusion. But it's, it's his introduction to this team that has a very wary, for very good reasons, wary. He's trying to make sure that Peter likes him. Yes. He's saying all the right things. Hell, you can make a point that earlier in the forest scene where fucking Gamora's like, maybe you should follow your dad. And he's like, I just wanted to always play catch with my dad. And then later on, how is it that all of a sudden ego just like, let's play catch fucking with this little fucking spirit ball. I did notice the reincorporation of that. But at the same time, it's like, who's to say he didn't just know from his time on Earth he was. He lived on Earth. Or he, he was just the listening to dynamic. Or he was just listening through the fucking grass. I don't but know. do you see? We how, don't know the abilities of. But do you ego. see how we don't know? And that's a problem. In but the you film. have to take a leap of faith on this. You have to assume. Okay, this celestial fucking being, which is a small G god, can hear at least a couple meters away. So here's something that's not even something that could be put up to like the nebulous this is a idea. Terrible cross Our Silent Hill was way better. Yeah, more I know. organized. More than this. organized because this is just kind of all over the place. This is just us fighting. <laughs> but, but like fucking in the beginning, in that fight scene oh, with, with with the the baby after group the group song? dancing. Yeah, after oh, okay. the, group, the, the actual the spaceship. Finale. No, no, no. Uh, where they're still on the battery platform. Okay. And Drax is like, I can't cut through it. But he goes inside. But he goes inside. Because he's a dumb character. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that kept fucking itching at my brain. Because he says, I can't cut it. It's hide is too strong. So he literally throws himself inside. And they're like, oh, but it's still just as strong on the inside. That's the joke. I get it. That's fine. But then Gamora immediately says after, there's a cut under its neck. Peter says it. You're you're right. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me let me hold on. May the court rescind my statement. Hold on. Peter says I'm not it. trying to bust your balls. I know. I'm just trying to I'm be right. funny for the show. Jesus. <laughs> but yes, like Peter says it. He says there's a cut and it's like, but wasn't his hide too tough to cut not too long ago? The only person who said the hide was too cut, too hard to cut was Drax. But he's the only one that says it. And then but Drax was the one fighting him. They all were fighting him. But he was the one, like, okay, yes, he charged at him, right? And he wasn't able to cut him. But he wouldn't have noticed the cut that Quill did if he's scanning and saying that the the height. He's, he's looking he, at the height in the first place. He's looking at the what? He's looking at the skin, the hide, right. the height of the, the monster right, in the first place. Right, of this gigantic four-story tall. Yes, for him to make the assessment, his skin is too tough for me to cut through. He would have had to have looked at it and said, I can't cut through this, right? After being beaten for a few minutes. Sure. Yes. But then he mag the monster magically gets a cut that Gamora could that just cut through. That we don't know where it came from. We're assuming that it happened in the middle of the fight. But or it was there. Do you not see how these assumptions, like whether or not Ego really knows what he does or whether or not this where the hell this cut came from, it's not well established in this film. I don't think you need to establish something for a for a fucking monster that's going to leave soon. You kind of do if it's the reason why they leave. Otherwise, the monster just disappears for no reason. A good example of this is when Groot gets captured on the fucking ship, right? And and um, the well, Ravager ship. The Ravager ship. Okay. When Groot, uh, what's his name, y Yondu, Yondu, and Raccoon, Ra Rocket Raccoon, all get captured on the ship, and they grab 
Groot. And they say, what do we do? Should we kill him or, or stop on him? He's too cute to die. He's too cute to die. Which so, is fourth wall breaking, yeah. Right. So they literally just, I get it, they bully him. And if it would have just been like, oh, we bullied him. All right, back in the cage and we're good. They just leave him out. They're stupid. Have no you, shit. Have you not seen like everything leading up to it? They were stupid. Well, they they were even so had a, they oh. even had a debate on a quarter being 25. A yes. quarter of a million yes. is 25 cents. They're stupid, but they're not but they're pirates. They know how to pr- how prisoners work. But they don't see anything. They think this creature's stupid and and not even scary. They don't even know its abilities. Regardless of which, that kind of scenario with him being exempt from all the other stakes in the movie, Groot, because he's too cute for any of the consequences of the film to matter to him, he just becomes like an unnecessary tagged-on person just for cute factor. And it feels like, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of charming scenes where he's he acts stupid on purpose, but it really takes away from what Groot himself, why I liked him in the first place. And this will be me, my subjective angle on this, because this stops being subjective. Groot being exempt from the plot is not subjective. He is. He doesn't. He could just do whatever. And by the way, Rocket is also just superfluous to the plot. He's just taken off the fucking main plot railroad so he can have his whole inner dialogue thing with Yondu and be like, I stole batteries because I need attention. And it's like, okay. And then we go back to the planet and resolve the plot. And the batteries become a MacGuffin. But regardless, he's just kind of like a cute mascot. And it's funny because the movie even calls him a mascot. So they're aware of it. And it just kind of happens. I have a question for you. Sure. Who made this movie? Uh, Marvel? No. Yeah. Disney. Oh. So, yeah. Who wants to sell toys? Okay, and I'm supposed to like the fact that they no. decided to put that in their movie no. instead of writing a good character for Groot? No, but it makes sense why there's a cute baby oh, Groot sure. that is too cute to die. It's fucking the same thing going on with Baby Yoda that everybody's giving a shit about. It's baby versions of things. You, you can't make me like something, movie. You know what I mean? Nobody's, like, I liked it, but then you ruined it because you're you not their target you audience. Like Sure, but I am the one who's watching it and actively giving my opinion here. You can. So I'm just saying, it just feels like an, a weird got focus. Money. I know they did. Well, they got my boyfriend's money, but that's true. Um, <laughs> they got money. They got that's money. all they care yes, about. That, the that Activision of film. But I, back to Groot really quick, yeah, yeah. and I promise I won't go too much into it. Too I late. liked... <laughs> all right. Thank you, fucking Clue over here. Too late. Long story short, too, too late. late. Um, but no, with Groot, I actually really liked his character in the first movie because he was like this silent, go-with-the-flow, stoic kind of thing that only interacted when he had to in a lot of surprising ways, when he just rips off the thing in the jail. Like, okay, that, that builds character for him. Baby Groot is the most annoying goddamn thing in this fucking Marvel universe. I have hated everything they've done with Groot past volume one. I hate Baby Groot. I hate grudging emo fucking brooding Groot in Avengers. They literally just keep tapping on this note of, he's young, get it? Oh, the young isn't so cute anymore. He's not a character anymore. He's just a young. That's it. And I just feel like you just neutered this character just so he becomes this punchline for 50 fucking jokes that take forever to end. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating, I feel. So this is my turn on cross-examination, I'm assuming. 
Oh, just jump on ahead, dude. I mean, like, (laughs) cross-examining, you can talk back and forth. Opening statements, you're not allowed to. Cross, you can. Well, now it's my turn to question you. You're crossing what I just said. Yes. So, I have a question. You have a cross? I I have a (laughs) cross uppercut. Um, Oh, wow. Cross counter. Would you say the shots were well done? The cinematography? Yeah. And in terms of how it was shot? Yeah. Not edited. Shot? Yes. I would say it's fine. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty good in terms of visuals. Uh, Would you say the visuals, the aesthetic? Yes. Good. Okay. Out. Wait. Yes. Except for one exception. And that's Yondu's. Or not Yondu. Uh, Ego's planet on the surface. Underneath, it's gorgeous. But on the surface, it just looks like a fucking blue mess to me. Overwrapping, over, like, overlapping textures and plants. It's just too much. Too over-detailed, in my opinion. What would you say about the costume design? Did you like the costumes everyone wore? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to hate everything. They were effective. What they I'm trying to do, prosecutor... Is, is say that there were good parts, like how I said they were good parts already? Right, but I want to know where's the line. Okay, sure. Okay, that's Because so far, the line I know is editing. And, you ha- and story. And di- dialogue, mainly. There's questionable dialogue, sure. But there's questionable dialogue in everything. That's, like, that's not, not... Yes or que- no? Questionable dialogue is such a vague descriptor, though. Like... Like You're, okay. in terms Are of you bad telling, dialogue, no, no, not every movie has bad dialogue. In your opening statement, uh, court, refer uh-huh. to opening statement done by prosecutor. Okay, exhibit I a. love everything Mantis and Drax, and you even pointed out, oh, the whole ugly, hideous thing. The, so not all of the dialogue in the movie is bad. That doesn't exempt it from having bad dialogue when it does. No, but my point is, where's the line? Where is it good? Where is it bad for you? Okay, the line, like, Drax and Mantis have a great interaction. I'm very glad you brought this up, actually. Drax and Mantis have a great interaction where it they subvert it, where it's like, am I, like, I'm sorry that I'm so ugly. He's like, yeah, you're horrifying. It's comedic, but they didn't spend the next three minutes going, yeah, you're as ugly as a, a galactic sea cow, or, you know, you're all, you also make me vomit. And they didn't take forever. But that aside, wait, 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 right after, because even that scene has an issue, in my opinion. Right after that, Drax says, you remind me of my daughter, innocent, and he looks sad. And it's obvious that he looks sad. The conversation led him to, like, led him to be sad, and she should know this. She can see it on him. Obviously so, because she touches him to gauge his reaction, even though the audience and her both already know that he's sad. So we just get a weird double confirmation that he's sad, and we already know it. But this is a naive character that doesn't know what sadness is. The empath doesn't know what sadness is? We've only experienced what she's been allowed to experience by ego. Ego had her ever since she was like a little fucking high. Ego expressed sadness for not having his protege. 
but not the type of sadness that fucking Drax has. I my point is that us as the audience know this already. And it would be a really good building of her character cuz really there isn't a lot for Mantis in this movie. There isn't a lot for a lot of characters. Which to is be sad because she's a great character, but like there could have been a moment where this empath reads her friend's emotions without her power for maybe the first time in her life where she's able to actually see this is sadness without my ability. Plus it would be more of a reason why she would reveal the secret there. So there's a deleted scene that oh, I, I didn't see any deleted scenes. So well, yeah, I own the Blu-ray. The so, movie's a final release. What the fuck? I can't, I can't factor in. No, 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 no. But this is something Okay. That if it was in the movie, Bone King here would have liked it more. Sure. The very scene you're talking about, the Mantis scene. We find out that Mantis, the reason why she wants to explain Ego's plan and wants to tell Drax and wants to tell uh, uh, everyone Drax is because he wasn't feeling sadness. He was feeling love. Here's here's no. Let me. She says what he feels. They had to do that ADR. Oh, you're saying in the deleted scene. Yes, in the deleted scene. Right. right. The reason why she's going against ego, which you can see every time ego and her in the same scene, she's very scared of him and she's very worried about him. And particularly in the very, very shitty 3D modeling exposition. Oh, the uh, creamsicle statues. Yes. She says, I have never felt the love that you guys have Mm. for each other. And that's why I feel I can trust you to tell you what what is going on. That is a way to fix it. I, I like I agree that that would help a lot for me because at least it would be more than just sadness. But just to compliment Bone King's point, what's on trial here is the theatrical version. There is no director's cut. But I'm glad we can at least say that there were some cutting room floor decisions, as Bone King has repeated, some editing decisions that were not up to snuff. You know what? That would probably explain all those scenes that I'm mad get cut halfway when they start getting interesting. The minute Ego starts explaining why he didn't go back for for Peter's mom. The reason why Gamora always wanted to keep winning instead of just finally giving uh, Galactic no, Nebula the sister she's always wanted. Those answers are cut right before they're about to say them. It is so frustrating. And then in the next scene, they, they got along. Well, they got better. You know what I mean? It just feels so... So maybe those scenes were cut. And why you would do that, I have no idea. So... You, you could have literally just cut it. I'm sorry. From that, that Drax and Mantis scene, literally from seeing that he that he's sad, cut it from that to just, listen, there's something I got to tell you. Just skip that whole emotion sensing thing. You don't even have to add this whole thing. I sense love. You don't even need it. Just have her see him sad. You don't need this fucking reading. It just feels All weird. I keep thinking is that she's naive and she doesn't pick up social cues <laughs> yep, at all. That's sad. She doesn't pick up social cues at all. That's my defense. God damn it. It's not a social cue to read emotions when you're an empath. Right. You're an empath only when you touch. That's her ability. But she can recognize sadness. But she doesn't know it. And also, 
when when but ego says he know? feels sadness it's bullshit but what does she feel because at one point he uh, she was gonna touch quill and was like you know he's like tell me what i feel tell me what i feel first off he felt curiousness he felt like he wanted to know something but the thing she reads is that he wants to have sex with gamora Deep which is not romantic sexual love for her but that's not the thing he's feeling at that moment He's talking about a bet he had with Drax, and this, this is the topic of what he's doing. This comes out of nowhere except to do a random, like, oh, your secret got revealed. But when all it does is expose that, I have no idea how Mantis's powers work. Congratulations. Nobody else does. That is bad for what is supposed to be the, the, the caretaker of this giant thing, who's supposed to have a very singular goal or purpose, really. I, it feels so sloppy. That's that's my biggest gripe with this movie. It has good ideas, some actually good scenes. It just feels so sloppy. So to to round out my cross examination, who is your most favorite character in the film and your least favorite character in the film? Um, God, God, I don't know. It's like my favorite character, without a doubt is probably Drax. Because while he's had a couple of scenes that were misses, it's only misses because other characters felt like they had to continue their family guy super long jokes where he just kind of was just blunt. And that was his joke. I, I kind of like that. And it set up a lot of different chemistries with him and Mantis and him and Galactica. Or no, what's her name? Nebula and shit. Like, it works. I like Drax as a character. He's probably the best written character in the whole thing. And worse would be Baby Groot. I'm tied between Baby Groot, Quill, and Ego. Mm. Because Quill is just infuriating on how he should not be having these reactions after literally going through a movie, learning to trust his friends, and then not trusting his friends in the very next fucking movie. Ugh. And then you have Ego, who is the most obvious bad guy from the millisecond he's on screen tell me i have a question for you when you saw ego did you for a fucking second think that he was actually a good guy no i think that's a failure on the movie in my opinion the villain that you're supposed to believe is not a villain in the beginning like it's such an obvious villain i can't i can't take away from the mindset that ego the living planet was always a villain in the comics it, okay. So, so there might be inherent that that Sure, but as a person who hasn't seen the comic, I'm watching this as a movie on its own. Right. And that just feels like you just gave me an obvious villain. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just coming on screen and what was it? The first interaction. The the fucking egg, the mm. womb, oh, whatever. Yeah. Obvious metaphorical yeah. fucking thing. And he comes out of it, out of the fucking yoke of all things. Right, right. And, you know, this grandiose entrance, and you clearly can feel already in the scene. Ominous. He, yes. Sinister. It's nothing. The, the lighting tells you everything that he's a villain. The characters are even saying, like, maybe we shouldn't trust him. Right. And it wouldn't be a big deal, dude, if, like, like Jafar and Aladdin, we know he's evil from the beginning, but it's part of the plot that he's evil from the beginning. Everyone knows, well, except the Sultan, everyone knows that Jafar is evil in the beginning. But in this movie, they introduce us a character who's obviously a villain, then spend 
the next hour and a half trying to convince us that he's not a villain and then turning out, oh yeah, he was a villain. Well, no shit. Yeah, agreed. So I think it's time. Right. I'm sorry. I, 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 I genuinely writing these notes. I've never had this thought outside of Resident Evil, the first movie, but I could literally do a YouTube video on this, like a fucking editorial. I have the notes here. You might as well. Uh, if you want to see his editorial, hit him up. on. Yeah, no. If you want to see my editorial, be prepared to wait at least eight years because YouTube gets no traction. Go to my Twitter and my stream to on Twitch. Um, yeah, but maybe this will pick up traction. Mayhaps. Who knows? Um, I think it's time for us to move on to closing statements. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, I'm going to open the closing statements since you opened with the opening. All right. Right. You've heard a lot on this uh, trial. Mm-hmm. Not all of it is good. And honestly, I didn't defend as well as I probably could have. I, but to be fair, I gave you a lot to contest against. <laughs> I don't think when I when I see this movie, when I see a movie with the Marvel logo, when I see a movie featuring fantastical elements like this, I tend to turn my brain off and not anticipate uh, or demand too much of this. Kevin Smith once said in a Q&A that one of the rules in filmmaking that most directors adhere to is you have to treat your audience like they are five years old. You have to spoon feed them every bit of exposition and explain everything that happens in the film or the plot. And we get a lot of that and sometimes not enough because guardians at its guardians volume two at its core is two movies in one with a big main plot, which is quill and is the tale of two dads and the subplot of the other characters. So for me, this is a solid movie to watch. I don't think it's a bad time to quote Jeremy Johns, no alcohol required. If you can catch it and watch it, if you like the first one, go ahead. And you don't need to watch the first one to see the second. But you do catch more of the nice jokes and nice references if you see the first one. I think overall... The film's okay. The movie is okay. It's fine. Doesn't need to be more. It didn't need to be less. I rest my case. All right. Where? There. Sorry, that was an Alice in Wonderland reference. So, I don't want it to be said, just from the get-go, that I outright loathed this movie like that it was offensive to me or something that that is not what i hope i illustrated here because that's not the case yeah this isn't suicide squad that one was a fucking i felt like i had mental whiplash watching that fucking movie but this movie while i'm gonna say real quick just from the from the get-go these are the scenes i liked and i could just probably remember it drax and mantis the one scene where they're talking to each other most of their interactions um galactica galactica gamora nebula and gamora fucking their scene in the cave everything else is kind of useless but they're they're seeing the cave very well done and the the trap scene with rocket raccoon 
excellent scenes. And the problem is, is that all of those scenes are in a movie that has just such bad editing, script, music use, and just some strange ass decisions in general. Like, I mean, to in order to like separate Rocket from the plot, he's got he's got his own thing going on just to get back and do something. We have a ego who is obviously evil as fuck, but they try to convince us that he's not, but then he really is. It's so obvious. And then in my opinion, just an overbearing amount of 80s and baby group pandering. Like, I get that it's part of the theme, but it felt right in Volume 1, and it feels overdone in Volume 2, in my opinion. That's the subjective one, I suppose. But I just found myself wanting this movie to hurry the fuck up. It just felt like it just kept trying to, like, get me to laugh at a joke that I didn't find funny. Baby Groot was not funny to me. Taserface was not funny to me. The button was not funny to me. There are just so many things. Regardless of that, though, I, I hope it doesn't stop them from making a Volume 3. Volume 3 would probably be a lot better. I hope. Because Groot will be done being a baby, he'll be done being a teenager, he could be his own fucking character again. And and we can move on. And we can move on. So that that is my my case, and I will leave it there. This movie is quite annoying. I wouldn't say it's a B or a C. I would say it's C minus, if not a D. But that's just me. So, I know this was a very contentious chat, um, not as well organized as our Silent Hill 4 one, but still... There we was had a lot the, more emotion in this. Right, and we had the, the, the court dynamic, it was still there, yeah. and part of that court dynamic is the jury, and it's very important that we, uh, we appeal to the jury right now with our, our stances, and we hear from you guys to let us know... Well, because you're jury and judge, actually. Yeah. If you agree with the prosecutor, vote for Bone King. If you agree with the defendant... Vote for the dude, right? Yeah. I feel like that's simplistic, right? Yeah. Okay. Hit us up on our Twitter at F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fanfreaks. That's also us on Facebook. If you want to talk to me personally, I'm at Bone King TV on uh, Twitch and Twitter. And dude, where can we find you? Twitter. Adrian M-D-O-D. That's like, are you going to say it? Like, <laughs> all right. M-D-O-D. All right. Rock on. So we'll see you guys in a bit. Let us know what you think of this episode. Um, I'm going to try and repair the friendship that we have here. And hope that this uh, podcast didn't go too deep. <laughs> I'm in too deep and I'm trying to keep... Are you sure you don't want to sing an 80s song? Hold head. on, maybe I could put on some fucking Eurythmics. Give me a minute, hold on. There, you know there's four after credit scene in fucking Guardians? Also, Guardians two hours, 15 minutes long. That is a long fucking time. And it's such a mess. <sighs> anyway, guys, we'll talk to you later, okay? Love you guys. <laughs> Love you. It's easy cause you're beautiful. Do 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 do